0: Hi, it's uh Cholmoyd still, it's uh, Thursday, and I want to do the Tefillah podcast now, which as always is sponsored by Mishpachas Stefanski. Today, since it's Cholom I want to do something, uh connection with circus. And what came to my mind is, uh, the essential part of diving is the Nanuim, and I'll give you my spin on it. The uh, shaking of the lulav and all the directions is already in the Mishnah, as you know. Um, not necessarily in that exact way, but the basic idea of the Nanea. And the way we do it now is in all the directions. And I'm sure out there, I've seen in my lifetime different. You know, every rabbi put his spin on it, so I'm going to put mine. And to cut right to the chase uh, is very interesting because the the gesture of um, throwing the lulub around is, of course, one that among... As soon as I said that, yes, I stopped for a second. I reminded myself, I just pulled out... The uh, famous poem from the 16th century Rome by Yosef Tsarfati, who was the doctor of the Jewish community in Rome in the early 1500s. And he has, uh, you know, in the Renaissance, they're into being witty. And he has this famous poem about diving in a small shoal and everybody's uh, poking the lulu in all the different directions. It's called Shir uh, al Moshe mafhira kihilab ben anano lulavo a poem about Moshe who terrifies the Kehilla when he shakes the lulav. Bavesatvila Beseis Moshe Bululavo Thila Liotro When Moshe shakes his lulav right? hila Lyotro as a as a Tehila tag to his creator Norma on Besatvila, the whole shul shakes. It could mean all the people. Kimata cause your motela sheshits of Hari Haras Basila. And anybody who's standing within the sixth Directions that you poke the Lula in is already Horace Basil. He's crushing and killing them. <laughs> so when he does not know him, this guy covers up his eyes not to get poked. <laughs> and this guy covers up his heart, his stomach, should get whacked there. <laughs> and another guy gets ready to run away <laughs> when he starts whacking the uh, Hoshinus. Uh, this guy is basically every time he does the nanuim it's a mitzvah because he kills somebody what god commanded was but not to turn it into a spear to terrify everybody now that's a acute cute little italian uh you know was a couplet or something uh but on the other hand, Chazal, you find in the Chazal also the idea that it's like a spear. So, because it looks like it, and, and you know, the Don notzach, and all that sort of thing, you know, against the Yetzirah, so what exactly is going on? So it's just very interesting to me, that when you, it seems to me that when you push, at least the way I do it, which is, you know, you, you do three times each direction, so it's like stabbing, it gives the impression, to me, that you're like saying, save me, Hashem. From troubles in all these different directions and it's very interesting when you think about it for so for example if you say save me when i poke to the right the dude to the right you know you have to be saved from the tsarists on the right in our time for the last couple of centuries the right wing is what you call the right wing the conservative and so forth now the right wing throughout history has always had its problems with the jews and even though the moderate right uh you know was okay with the Jews and actually helped them. You think I don't know Ronald Reagan something like that, but there's plenty of fascism and crazies on the hard right, and uh they're just waiting you know they're i I'm not telling you what you don't know. Everybody who's Jewish lives under perpetual uh threat from extreme right wingers around around the world because a major zach on their agenda ever since Hitler and even before but ever since Hitler is wipe out the Jews. That's just something, one of the things they're into. So if you're Jewish, you just live with the fact that there's always a potential, like a Pandora's box that could be stirred up and could hit you from the right. I would even go farther. When you, If you live today, you and I are, I don't think you see it yet, but you will, um, seeing the slow rise, once again, of the old right. And that's because, particularly in Europe, the liberalism has been uh, not functional uh, not of use to the main populations. If they allowed all kind of um, Arabs and others to move in and take over the countries, uh, even though you're not allowed to even say it, if they're allowed to take over the countries, then the local people who benefited from classic liberalism ever since 1945 and the recovery of Europe, and they gained through classic liberal economics and liberal, liberal culture, a very high standard of living, is losing it. Because of this uh, invasion, you might say, of people from a very different culture, different, very different set of values, and now they're having questions: Is Belgium or France going to be there anymore in twenty years, thirty years? You understand? Or will others take it over? And the, that can only, in, as far as I can see, that can only cause people who resent this and who wouldn't, who wouldn't, uh, the overall majority would, it's going to turn to fascism. And the reason I say it is, they're going to say it like this. Liberalism worked when it worked, but if liberalism means I also be in favor of unlimited immigration and all this other kind of stuff, if liberalism means I have to go and embrace this particular culture revolution and that particular culture revolution and the sexual thing and this thing and the other thing, uh, then I'm going to go for something that I find functional for me, even though it's been associated in history with Hitlerism, with Nazis and with fascism and all that kind of stuff, uh, because I need something that'll keep poland polish france french italy italian italy you know and you saw the right-wing parties are gaining in all these kind of countries the questions how does it affect Claudius roe the the interesting thing is that um right now we're not the number one target but we're always the number two target i know they're from history and uh you know whatever whatever the orig- the plans of the original founders the dynamic that forms on this Hard Right, you know a uh, super nationalistic fascistic business is uh, Going to turn against Kali and so any thoughtful person these last 20 30 years uh, If they do the know and they say shake to the right and they say save me From the potential dangers of the right what you're really saying is your punish on Keep these things uh, below simmer, you know keep these things uh, from, from from exploding uh, you know uh, don't let it go to its full and final logical conclusion because then we're gonna have a revive of Nazism and things like that. And you see more and more of these entertainers, this other kind of junk speaking positively of Hitler and all that gang. And you know, there there is unfortunately a, a, a potential there. The liberal conceit was that we've gotten rid of this. When I was growing up, you say, Well, what happened in, in Germany, you know, is is in the past, it can come again unless you forget about it. Therefore, they say never forget and, you know, always remember and so on and so forth. It's just not true. It's just not true. These are existential factors. They've always been there and always will be. You can hope to suppress it and lower it. But, uh, you know, and and hopefully we do our best. Although the Jewish organizations ain't that great at it. But um, there's always a danger from the hard right. Uh, And, you know, I I cannot overemphasize that. There's plenty to shake the of on the right side. Meidah Giza, you got plenty of trouble from the left. You all know that. Because ultimately the left, if taken to its full uh, logic, doesn't have room for for Judaism. You understand? It doesn't have room for Judaism. Uh, Meaning Jewish particularity, peculiarity. We're seeing this, and I don't want to overemphasize this. I don't want to overdramatize this. But you see this with the insistence of uh, the fights about English in the schools in New York. That's a very small business. But overall, the encounter of the Jews on the left has always been a quid pro quo. We'll give you this, but what do you give us back in return? And in a country like America, they've been very liberal. I mean that in a good way, not in a bad way. And, you know, they're willing to wait a long, long time till the Jews sort of come around. But sooner or later, you've got to come around. And uh, most Jews, in the history of Kali shows, uh, gave up a lot in order to find, uh, to locate themselves within the left. But ultimately, what it really means is if you're willing to lose your Jewish identity totally and if you're willing to intermarry and disappear that way, then they're in no trouble. They can live a full life and have a, a quiet death and get buried peacefully. But if not, uh, then it breeds a huge resentment. And uh, we see this more and more. And the culture generated by the left, and I don't want to use cliches here. I'm speaking seriously. Now, I'm not using in cliche terms. It's not one of those online sites. Uh, the culture left is one, there's a, like a creeping expansionism. Uh, you have to get this in the textbooks, you have to get this in the school, then you have to be this, then you have to be that. In recent years, last 20, 25 years, you see they always come with new terms, and then you've got to be, get along with those terms, unless you want to be penalized in some fashion or another. Uh, so Yiddish kite, and ultimately the Jews, are in great danger from the left so it's totally understandable in this day and age you know in my lifetime when a person does the know and goes to the right and then goes to the left what he's really saying is like is let me just stay here you know I'm not bothering anybody who wants to be out there and I'm not bothering anybody who wants to be in the other uh, way uh, in the other direction but leave me alone okay or leave Claudius alone and it ain't so push it that's why you have to dive in for it this is the prayers of an intelligent person who follow, in my opinion, who follows the news and and the mega trends? That's really where, the, where where the action is. The mega trends, in a very large and thoughtful way, you can see trouble coming down the road. On the other hand, it could be that the trouble won't happen. You know, uh, on the other hand, you don't want to be in a situation like Madame Pompadour, you know, Opere Mala Deluge, like Louis XV. After me, it all falls apart. Uh, nobody wants that. So, there's what I'm trying to say is like this. And that's what the Nanum on the right and Nanum on the left mean in our day and age. Now, a Makobo will say this is, is war, but I'm talking about just plain common sense, the way we, the culture in which most of us live, the international reality in which most of us live. Then, very interestingly, you have the dangers of uh, front and back. Uh, the dangers of the front are indeed dangers of what we call the, the, the new culture, uh, which could either be right or left. The very fact that it's new, what's coming down, uh, hitting you in the face day by day, in our lifetime, and, and it just accelerates in pace, you hit with new things, and you, you know, got to adjust to it, or what do you do? The firm world uh, basically tries to hunker down and tries his best to draw barricades, and uh, you know, maybe in Israel you can do it, and maybe in a few other places, generally speaking, it's very hard. What is called progress uh, by the general society is not identical with an acceptance of traditional Judaism. Uh, what is called progress, um, usually, uh, what's the right word? you know piggybacks off uh, physical scientific progress. In other words, I don't think you can deny that if they invent a new kind of a car, or they invent a new kind of a phone or something like this, which has greater utility, uh, you know, makes your life better or easier or something like that. You can't deny that this is moving forward. On the other hand, you can use all these things, and it, it, can, it can boomerang and turn against you. In other words, technology is, is kind of neutral. And uh, you can use Latovia, you can do, use it Lara. And this, again, is a existential threat we face all the time. With the new technologies that are coming down the road are they going to be used to or lara that's why you have all these organizations that are wrestling with the with the you know with the internet and the phones and all the other kind of stuff i forget what they're called but um uh, this is particularly true if you're a parent or a grandparent uh, and usually in in most cases you know it doesn't work to simply say just say no uh now Nancy's it's maybe i say maybe but i don't know what's going to be in a generation from now when the technology is going to reach such an, an, an intense level of sophistication and microization that it will be able to leapfrog the barriers, as they always say, and uh, you know a kid be able to walk around, you can't even tell if they got one of these chips that they put in their eyeball or something like that. I don't know, you know what's going to coming down the line. Now again, you can use it if to use uh, terms you'll understand. You can use it to have the whole art scroll gemara in, in, in your eyeball. You know, you can do it any time. Alternatively, you can have other stuff there, right? And uh, and, push it. and most parents' organizations, I don't think know exactly how to deal with this. In other words, not successfully. Uh, we recognize the problem. And before the corona, they used to have these uh, internet rallies and all this kind of stuff. But that, you know, Shrai is not the answer. I don't think anybody knows the answer. And that's my point. It's uh, so all they can do is Shrai So there's plenty there. When you do the nanom in front to say you know save us from the unwanted uh dividends and byproducts of the new stuff coming uh forward with us and one of the most uh in our day and age in in modern society modern western society the emphasis is always forward and not backwards the fact that people did something in the past doesn't mean anything the fact that people will do something in the future means a lot and uh therefore a lot of the old values uh, gender separation uh, just comes to mind. You know, things like that are thrown out just because they're old. And um, new ideas, because they're new, are, are what do you call it? Are uh, embraced. And like I say, some new ideas we can take and some new ideas you can't take. And so when you do the now new him in this day and age uh, for what's coming down, uh, down the road, uh, boy, oh boy. You know, now, if you're living in Eretz then then uh, you're, you're worried about the nanuim in the sense of, you know, because the dangers in the Middle East are always growing. Uh, you don't know how the good Lord runs the world. Ulai Afshar, I don't think so, but Ulai Afshar, this uh, hijab uprising in Iran will overthrow the government. I don't see that, but let's just say it did. So now it would take a big yoke off of Israel. But if it doesn't, then there's not a big yoke off of Israel. and Then you're facing an existential threat because they could shoot some bombs. And, you know, who says that they care? We don't understand. You know, there's who cares. It says they care if Israel retaliates? So that used to be the thing that worked with America and Russia. You know, uh, MAD, Mutual Assured Destruction. They used to call it when I was young. Nowadays, in the Middle East, heck with it. We'll go for Mutual to Assured Destruction. You know, they're nuts in their religion, in some of these theologies, they believe in apocalypse. I don't know Shiite Islam or something like that. Uh, Sunni I know to some degree, but not the Shiite. That's a whole pressure by itself. And uh, maybe they're looking forward to, you know, the whole world blowing up and then followed by the return of the righteous or something like that. Who knows? And this is scary when you think what's down in the future. I would even go farther and say sooner or later, the technological expertise necessary to create A-bombs and H-bombs and Chemical bombs is just going to become more and more simple, uh, or more and more widespread. And what is the plan of Kal Yisrael, the Medina Yisrael, when you realize there are all these bad actors who want to wipe them out? That's what they dream about. That's their whole. They live for that. And so when you shake towards the future, <laughs> I think you know you're saying, going to help us for what's coming down, coming down the road, save us from some of these kind of businesses." It would be great. If there would be a revolution that overturns the government in North Korea, and another revolution that overturns the government in, in Iran, and that would keep us, you know, safe for a few years at least, till the next nut comes along and starts to build it up. So you see how there's plenty to dive in for. Then what's very interesting is you shake backwards, and that's the past. Many people are held down by their pasts. Somebody might have had a bad childhood, somebody might have had. Some kind of mental situation in the past, emotional situation in the past, bullying, uh, a bad marriage in the past. There's a lot of different stuff out there. And I've seen in so of you, some people cause, let's say, for example, bad family situations have allowed that to hold back their progress in life. Uh, it's very tragic when you see it. And usually they're not in the state of mind that they weren't hearing anybody call, call to their attention. Which I do understand because of the pain involved. But it becomes, who was like Roosevelt said, you know, the only thing you have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, uh, unreasoning terror, which converts needed efforts to advance and to retreat. I don't know if I'm talking about fear over here, but I'm talking about scars of the past. Um, one of the most effective tools that he ate Sahara, horror Yom Kipper time, is who are you fooling? At this age, you're going to change. You know it's not going to happen. Or you can't live without this. Or you can't start to do that. And, uh, The past can really drag you down. Uh, Now, when the past is a good thing, you don't want to point a little bit at it. But when the past is a bad thing, you say, keep the bad associations of the past away from me. Do not let it prevent me from uh, moving forward as I need to move forward. So you have to watch out for the dangers that lie forward, right? What can come down the road as you drive forward. But you also have to worry about the negative effects of all the past junk that we've had A lot of the problems we have in modern Jewry today have to do with the past of the last 200 years when the, I've said a million times, when the Jewish polity fractionated and, you know, how are you today, I mean, it's not going to happen. How are you today going to get together, once again, the from and not from the orthodox, conservative reform? Because it's not possible. I I don't think it's possible. And so we live with the, we carry, every one of us carries an extra thousand pounds because of the burdens of the past or uh Look at the Charedim in Israel. Uh, theoretically, it should be possible for them to get along with the non-Frum and work something out. I'm very serious about this, you know. I, I, that's a whole speech by itself. But it is possible, at least currently with the with the, with the the Chiloni crowd today, for the most part, the the, the the relation could be a lot better. But no, I remember what happened when Israel became a state, and I remember what we did to the Ammonites, and I remember this, and... They remember that and the past lies over us like a a, a heavy burden that has to be borne and pre, and, and, pre, and prevents necessary um you know moves by leaders of different parts to to uh so to speak get past the past and build on a better present and better future. The past is pretty scary and when you point a little backwards and you say, Protect me against the past, it's it's taka there and it's also true on an individual level. A lot of people have individual things in his life and her life that really hang on them in the past. Maybe they did something really bad. Maybe did a big sin. I don't know. Uh, you know, whatever the case is, uh, you you can't let that, you know, uh, drag you down and prevent you from moving ahead in your Torah and Mitzvah. This was, I think, like the main message or one of the main messages of Baal Shem Tov. That's why the Baal, The the, the Hasidic movement took off the way it did in the beginning. Then you have upstairs and downstairs. You shake the love up, you shake the love down. Shake the love up, as I understand it, uh, has to do with the higher matters, which is intellectuality. The uh, Orthodox Judaism, the Haredi Judaism, doesn't really have answers for the intellectual challenges uh, of modernity. We're just waiting for modernity to run out. Uh, Now there are individual people, you can go to a farm store and see, this guy says, I can I can answer all the kashas in Judaism. And this guy says, I can pray for all the kashas in this and that. But that's baloney. Uh, the Why is it that most from parents don't want to send their kids to a liberal liberal arts uh, college or university? <laughs> right? uh, they want their kids, if they go to college, to take this course and that course, but not the other course and, and the fourth course, you see. Uh, and the truth of the matter is it is a fact, I teach in college I know and uh, this is therefore an issue, I mean, I have seen I don't know where to get too exact I don't want people to figure out what I'm talking about but I know, especially in Corona I got emails and stuff like this and phone calls from a lot of parents whose kids, because of the Corona situation, everybody was online 24-7 uh, lost their amunah uh, plain and simple, and, you know, so far nobody knows the answer out of that, and I spoke with the kids and all the rest, so I hear, you know, I, I do understand where they're coming from, and uh, simply to say, eh, they're bad or something, it's not true, and so, let's put it this way, if you're a parent, or whatever whatever your situation is, it could be very, uh, what's the right word, <laughs> very no gaya that you shake the little upstairs, and so I guess, save, Save me and save my family from the uh negative consequences of um what shall I say? Too high of an intellectual inquiry, something, something like that. I'm not saying it the right words, but I think you know what I mean. And then you shake it downstairs, you shake it low towards the ground, which is the opposite. It's the Goshmius. So, first of all, I don't have to say the dangers that uh Jews have from the is, Uh the Gashwins has actually infiltrated the firm ranks. Like I always say, just read, look at the ads uh, in the, you know, the Amin, and and these other places. It's a super consumeristic, right? I mean, I never seen in my life, uh, you know, pieces of meat that look that good. <laughs> uh, and, you know, just say the word Pesach Hotel in uh, Dubai or something like that. And you're already thinking about Buckingham Palace, you know, something like that. And you look at the price tags on these sorts of things. I have a friend of mine. What did they just tell me? They got a place to stay in Yerushalayim for a Yontif. And maybe I was wrong. I think they said 40K, I think. For a week? For a week? The answer is plenty of people have that kind of money. So you can understand that in Jewish history, we have never done well with the golden calf. Daigle Azov, when it comes to Kesev Azov, it's been a problem. And so when you shake the load downstairs, you're talking about the Gashmi, it's towards the earth. And uh, that's a big challenge, not to have your kids or whatever go off the derrick because of the earthly side, the Gashmi is the materialism, the consumerism, which is the deity of our time. You know, we no longer have this God or that God. It's all consumerism. And uh, by the way, consumerism has crushed, liberal has crushed uh, socialism. You understand? When I was very, very young, Very, very young. Very, very, very young. You know, socialism was like a certain ideal. And at least culturally speaking, you weren't supposed to show if you're rich or whatever. Well, that's over. Uh, Because it turns out everybody in the communist countries were dreaming about American consumerism. You know, I was in Soviet Russia. first thing they said was, you got any jeans to sell? Something like that. So they dreamed about consumerism. You get it? And Karl Marx, if you read him correctly, you know, consumerism is 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 a is a high in the future ghoul of the world that that all the high living will be uh, available to the masses. So uh, it's uh, there's plenty to shake downstairs. plus I might also say that there's just a physical thing. No there's a sexual thing, which is when you shake the love downstairs, we're living in a time of sexual revolution just uh, and and it, and the revolution changes every day. And things that you thought were, you know, out of discussion once now are in discussion. And things you say ad con a couple and it's not going to be a couple gimbal. Next thing you know, you're holding by a couple of gimbal and dollar and hay and five zion. Uh this are the trends of our time. And I don't want to go into details about it. I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. Uh, so it seems that if you think just in plain terms, I'm not talking about going to the Rambam, I'm not talking about reading the Zohar, I'm not talking about reading the Hasida Shit and all the rest of it just as an American Jew living in this day and age with two feet planted on the ground, <laughs> right, but just living, you know, with, with, with my eyes open, when you see that we say that there is danger to the right, to the left, in front of us and back of us, and above and below, I think it's up shock. And therefore, that's, you know, at least sometimes what I have in mind when I do the Nanuim, and I think that... Uh, if you give it some thought, you may find this argument compelling. Maybe you won't, but I think at least some of the people listening will find it argument compelling. So you have another couple of days still to do Nanuim. Uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Sunday is already uh, Shana Rabo, Um And so I leave you with that thought. Once again, I want to thank Mishpachas Stefanski for sponsoring this. It's not about the Shmonessri, but it, as I say, it's the week of, of Sukkot, and I think it's uh, very real. And with that, I wish everybody a good week. A good moment. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.